What's happening? My name is Ronan. This is the Little Seal English Podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to teach you a whole bunch of random English, including the idioms to break out all the stops, to get a whiff of something, a mousetrap, peace of mind, against every bit of advice from... You know, I'm going to teach you a whole bunch of random English phrases, collocations and idioms and colloquialisms that you can use in your day-to-day life. Please check out my website, littlesealenglish.com. Check it out. There's a button for requests at the very top. Hit that. Give me a request. I'll make a podcast out of it. Be great to hear from you. Overall, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. What is happening, strangers? It's been a minute. It's been a minute because start of school, new semester, things are hectic. It's been a whirlwind. But I've wanted to do this particular podcast for a while. So this podcast is a continuation of episodes 83 and episodes 88. And it's all about me just reminiscing about times my parents came to stay with myself and my wife in Canada. And I guess as I tell you a story, I'm also going to teach you the most random of English there is. So sit back and relax. Because in those two podcasts, I spoke about Grouse Mountain and Vancouver. Like you don't have to go back and listen. It's not necessary to understand anything from this podcast. But it is just a continuation of what we were doing. And so in the first one, it was Grouse Mountain. In the second one, it was all about Vancouver. And in this one here, it is a very, very different situation, but the absolute highlight of my parents' stay. So, in those two podcasts, I covered a whole load of random English. There were several idioms for expunging energy. To give it socks, to give something hell, to give it everything you got, or to empty the tank. And we used those phrases to talk about people who had just climbed or completed the grouse grind in Vancouver. I spoke about the phrases we use to describe a view from a mountain coffee shop. In this example, it was only a mountain coffee shop. So I could say that the coffee shop overlooks Vancouver. From the coffee shop, you can see blah, 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 blah. The coffee shop also looks down on the grouse grind. So it's above the grouse grind. You've got a perfect view of the grouse grind. And the coffee shop is situated at the very top of Grouse Mountain. And because of that, it's incredibly expensive. So some ways to describe the location of the coffee shop at Grouse Mountain. When we got to the top of Grouse Mountain, there was a whole bunch of activities you could do. But we weren't too interested in some of them. So I spoke about how we didn't have an interest in the Lumberjack Show. We didn't have any interest in the Lumberjack Show. We couldn't have been bothered going to the Lumberjack Show. We decided to pass on the Lumberjack Show. We decided to not bother with the Lumberjack show. So a couple of different ways to talk about not being interested in something. I spoke about the phrasal verb to reach out and how my mother reached out to a distant cousin, you know, to establish communication with after a long time. But in this podcast, we're going to learn some very, very, very different things. So some background. My parents were visiting. They were in Vancouver. 
My wife and I went to Vancouver for the weekend to hang out with them. After the weekend, we returned to our home in Kelowna and continued our regular day-to-day -day lives. And my parents went on to Victoria, the capital of British Columbia. And after that, they came to Kelowna. So they were here for quite a while, but they were on their own little trip as well. And why wouldn't you? You know, Canada's a pretty far journey, so you need to make the most of it when you travel so far. So for me, this was a huge moment because my parents were coming to visit us. And the last time they came was 2017, and it was a very different situation. Very different situation. We were living in a tiny one-bed apartment, had a job with a BS language school. She worked in a tech company that she didn't really enjoy. We didn't really have many friends in Kelowna because we were still just getting to know Kelowna and just trying to settle into Kelowna. There was a lot of like things up in the air back then. But this time, this time they're coming, they have absolute peace of mind because they can see that we're doing well. You know, they can see that we're doing great. We live in a two-bed apartment right now. So that meant my parents didn't have to rent a hotel room. And hotel rooms are bloody expensive. I'm sure it's the same where you live. I'm sure it's the same globally right now. But every single hotel room in this town is like 200 bucks a night, even on a quiet night. It is ridiculous. So the parents were able to stay here. We know the town that we're living in, so we have plenty of local knowledge, and we have a car. The first time they came, we didn't have a vehicle. We weren't able to drive to faraway places unless we rented a car, and guess what? That's bloody expensive too. So for me, it was absolutely wonderful to be able to say, um, what I was gonna say, to spoil my parents. You know, to absolutely spoil them, to break out all the stops for them, to show them around, and just to, to let them know we're doing really, really well in Canada really really well in Kelowna because it's something that parents will often think about and just knowing they have peace of mind makes it easier for us too so really cool to have them come visit us and to see the difference and how far we've come from 2017 to 2022 at the time how far we've come there's a nice idiom always think back about how far you've came with something any progress is progress anywho this is not a pep talk podcast. This is a random podcast. So what did we do when my parents were in town with all our wonderful local knowledge? Well, the very first thing is we left town. You know, we got to Kelowna and we left Kelowna more or less immediately and we went to the mountains. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know I have a healthy addiction to nature and mountains and I love to spend as much time as possible in the mountains. And that's exactly what we did. We went to Oyama Lake. Oyama Lake is a beautiful spot up in the mountains. And of course, I had to take my parents there. I got married there. They weren't there for the wedding. So this is like a huge thing for them. They get to finally see this Oyama place. Now my dad was there before, but my mother had never been there. So I wanted to break out all the stops for my parents. I wanted to spoil them rotten. So we booked the best cabin. Of course we booked the best cabin. It's my parents coming to town. We got the best food for the barbecue. Got enough alcohol to keep us everyone happy. Not that we drink a lot of alcohol, but like a glass of Prosecco for the mother. You know, we arranged everything. We had wood ready for the stove to make sure the cabin was warm. It was just gonna be an absolutely beautiful weekend. And to get them to Oyama, we took an airplane. Yeah, you heard me, an airplane. Yes, I wanted to break out 
all the stops for my parents. So my siblings and I decided to get them a plane ride to the top of the mountain. That means that my parents hopped in an airplane in Kelowna and flew to Oyama Lake up in the mountain, got off the plane and then the plane flew away. That is a pretty Canadian experience right there. So this is a company that my wife works for. It's a flight company and they do tours and they have these float planes. So we're not talking about a plane that lands on a runway. We're talking about a plane that lands on water and they're so common in Canada. They are everywhere in Canada. If you go to Vancouver, you'll see them taken off all the time going out to the islands. If you come into the middle of Canada, you see them. Think about it. Canada's pretty big. It's going to have a lot of remote lakes and places where it's easier to land on water than it would be to land or to try make a runway in a certain area. So we wanted to spoil our parents rotten. So we decided to get them a plane ride to the top of the mountain. And like that means we pulled out all the stops. And that's an idiom which means that you go to a very great effort to achieve something. We pulled out all the stops from my parents. We gave them our bedroom with our king size bed. We slept on the pull out couch. I'm not going to make my parents sleep on a couch bed or a futon. We flew them to Oyama Lake by airplane which is pretty freaking rad. We made sure to have nice food in our house ready for their arrival. We brought really nice food for the barbecue. We pulled out all the stops for my parents. So as I said, it's a float plane. It lands and takes off on water, not a runway. Oyama Lake is a huge body of water that planes can land in. And on the Friday, I drove up the mountain with all the heavy equipment, with like all the food, alcohol, whatever we needed for the weekend. And my parents and my wife took the airplane to the top. Honestly, I would have loved to have gone in the airplane, but someone needs to drive up because there's no way you can fit all the stuff we need in the airplane. And here's the thing, actually. The airplane would literally not be able to take off with four people in it. So the airplane can land in the lake, no problem. But in order to take off, it needs a lot less weight due to the altitude change. I found that interesting. So... My parents could land there, no problem, but taken off, unable. That's why we also needed the car to come back down, of course. So that's how we broke out all the stops for my parents. I'm pretty proud of it. It's a pretty cool story. It's not the entire story, don't worry, but it's a cool part of the story where they just got this great experience of flying in a seaplane, a float plane, over the Canadian mountains and landing in a random lake in the middle of nowhere. They'll probably never get that experience again. So if someone's coming to visit you, how do you break out all the stops? If you've got a good friend coming to stay in your house, how can you break out all the stops for that friend? You could have a stocked fridge, fresh bed sheets, of course, put some snacks in whatever room they're staying in, bring them to the best spots in town, give them the best recommendations, whatever it may be. And we broke out all the stops for my parents' trip to Canada. So, what else can I say? It was surreal. You know, it was really, really, really cool. We got to the cabin, and the cabin's name is Bear Lodge. And it is a gorgeous wooden cabin. Like, huge logs make up this cabin. On the inside, there's two bedrooms. There's a huge wooden deck, obviously. And there's a fireplace. There's a stove to keep warm. There's a small kitchen. It's all open plan. Beautiful area. On the deck, it's absolutely massive. You could easily have 10 people on the deck. No problem. Huge table. Wooden table in the middle. Giant barbecue and a fire pit. 
So absolutely cool that we can have all of that stuff beside us. Love, love, love this cabin. It is by far the cabin with the best view at Oyama, in my in my personal opinion. And uh, yeah, lovely quaint evening. But that, folks, is where the battle began. That's where shit hit the fan. That's where things started to go downhill. And that's where the real Canadian experience for my parents came. So, as I said, many a time, my parents flew up, I drove up, or drove up, I drove up, excuse me. <laughs> um, we all stayed in a cabin called Bear Lodge. It's a wooden cabin, beautiful balcony. The deck overlooks Oyama Lake. So, you know, you got the blue of the lake, so on and so forth. And in this beautiful, beautiful area, a battle was fought. So a battle is a fight. It's when one group engages in combat with another group. You engage in battle, you go into battle, you have a battle with someone or something. And that's important for this. So we're chilling in the house, in the, in the lodge, in Bear Lodge. Fire's lit, staying warm, having a few drinks. And then we call it a night. You know, we're all, we all go to bed early because that's what we do. And then it was about like 2 a.m. And I woke up to like a huge thud outside the cabin. Massive thud. And my wife was staring at me. And we heard another thud. And I'm thinking like, is someone there? What could it be? So fearlessly, because I'm a brave motherfucker, I stood up and I opened the door to the main living area of the lodge. Coast is clear. No trespassers. But we hear the thud again. And by this stage, my parents had woken up and all four of us were trying to figure out who or what the noise was. And we determined that the noise is coming from outside the lodge. That's good. So against every single bit of advice from every single horror, slasher, thriller movie ever made, we decided to go outside and investigate the strange noise high up in the Canadian mountains in the dark without any weapons. Very, very smart of us. Like, if it were a serial killer, we would have made it incredibly easy for them just walking out on the balcony after hearing a noise. So, well done, us. So I have a flashlight on my head, like a head torch as we call it in Ireland, and I walk outside with my father and my wife following me. And we all walk to different areas of the deck outside and we hear the noise again. And my wife says there's something, there's something in the bin. So I walk over, I notice the lid is on the ground, I stand over the bin and I peek just a little bit over the rim to look inside and I see it. A small black and white figure in the bin and I turn and I say move, move, move everyone in now, now, now. My father and my wife get inside as quick as possible. I follow, I shut the door. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a skunk in our bin. We have a skunk in the bin. What do we do now? We're Irish. We have no idea about skunks. We don't even have skunks in Ireland. So suddenly, there's four Irish people in a remote cabin in Canada and a freaking skunk in our bin. And a skunk folk is like a small black and white animal that are known for their ability to spray a liquid with a strong, unpleasant smell from their anal glands, or more informally, from their ass. They are the animal that, when, th when threatened, will turn around and spray you with a liquid. And it's an incre incredibly pungent and smelly 
and foul liquid and it will just stink around for hours on end. And we had one of these creatures in our bin. They're known to only use a spray in like a life or death moment. It's a defense mechanism for them. And this one hadn't sprayed yet. And this is the thing we didn't want to we didn't want it to spray. So we didn't know what to do. If we try to move the bin, it might spray. If we leave it, it might find its own way out. And that's what we decided to do. We decided to leave it and just wait and see if it could get out by itself. The thing was, in our cabin, every time there was a move or like a tiny noise for the next couple of hours, the bin outside would shake. It was trying to knock it over, but it couldn't just find the power to knock over the bin. And every little noise we made inside, it would rattle the bin and try to escape. So we had to wait till morning. And in the morning, I was able to connect to the internet and learn about my enemy. Knowledge is power, folks. Turns out, a skunk takes 48 hours to recharge or rebuild their spray once they have used it. That means a skunk will not spray unless it is 100% fearful for its life. So, like I said, we did not want to scare it. We decided if we could get the lid closed, we could move the bin to another place. And that seemed like the best option. So I go outside. I see the bin lid on the ground. I pick it up. I'm standing a bit of a distance. And I'm very proud of what happened next. Because I threw the bin lid. And it just went through the air perfectly. And landed swish onto the bin. The first time I've ever probably thrown something so gracefully and so perfectly. And then, of course, I was so happy with that. I was smiling because I got this perfect throw and it landed just right. And then the smell, then the smell started. And that smell was absolutely rank. The skunk had sprayed. That little shit sprayed all over the bin and it stank. It was horrible, disgusting. It's like rotten eggs on top of rotten eggs, on top of the worst smelling shit you can ever imagine. If you got too close, you might gag. It was that repulsive. It was, bleh, I, I, I get shivers thinking about it. I hate that smell. So the lid landed. The skunk obviously thought it was do or die for them. They obviously thought it was like make or break. And so it sprayed. And I do feel sorry for the skunk. I do have empathy for them because like clearly they just wanted an easy meal and then they end up getting stuck in a real bad super bad situation and end up fearing for their lives so now we had no idea what to do the skunk had sprayed the bin lid was on we had to figure something out with the bin and thankfully our friend harry came along harry lives up there he knows what to do and harry and i removed the bin deep into the forest tipped it over with a very long pole and then the skunk was able to escape and let me tell you, when that lid came off the bin, if you thought the smell was bad before that, it just, boom, hit everyone like a ton of bricks, even though we were far away. So long story short, the skunk got away finally. The smell stuck around for a few hours. And that's just before we didn't notice it because anyone new that came along would notice it immediately. We got used to it after a while. And the thing was, it would travel for a very long distance. You know, every now and again, you'd be walking and you get a whiff of skunk. Get a whiff of. That's a good idiom. That's a good expression. You should write that one down. And if you get a whiff of something, you like suddenly smell it. It can be positive or negative. 
If you walk into someone's house at Christmas, you might get a whiff of pine or Christmas baking. That's good. If you walk into an Irish bar at Christmas, you'll get a whiff of Guinness farts. That's bad. You could get a whiff of the skunk for a very, very long time and for a very far distance away from where it actually sprayed because the smell is potent. Very, very potent. Oh yeah, that was a crazy one. That was just something so interesting. My mum was laughing at it because the whole situation was just crazy. And, you know, once the the poor skunk, it went in to get food, got stuck in the bin, suddenly it's morning and then a lid is thrown onto the bin and it's like terrified and so it sprays. But here's the thing, folks. The skunk sprayed inside the bin with the lid on so the skunk sprayed itself that silly silly skunk sprayed itself and then it's going to have to go back to all its skunk friends and explain where he was last night and why the heck he sprayed himself he will be the absolute laughing stock of skunks for such a long time like in the future the other skunks are going to use him as a freaking example so larry that's the skunk's name now I hope you're doing well. If you're listening to this Larry the Skunk, I hope your friends don't make fun of you for spraying yourself. Better luck next time. Don't go into garbage bins. Oh, yeah. So we'll never forget the Battle of Bear Lodge, folks. My wife, my parents and I, it's just ingrained in our memories. What a good time it was. A lot of fun. A lot of excitement. A lot of shouting by everyone involved. Uh, There was also a few issues with mice, but, you know, they were mostly taken care of by the mouse traps that we had set up. I think there was like five in the first night. They gave me a bit of a fright. I'm not I'm not used to having mice or anything. And like one of them ran across the room, made eye contact with my mother. That was a mistake for the mouse, let me tell you. And have you ever seen mice just like scurry across the floor? To scurry. It's a verb. S-C-U-R-R-Y. And it's like to move quickly with short steps. So they would be scurrying across the floor being chased by my mother with a broom. And then they'd run into a room where they can escape. And then we'd always hear like the the mouse trap go off. Because we set a trap by the hole. And like here's the thing about mice. You know one moment it's been chased by my mother with a broom. So it's obviously terrified. And then it runs into under a door so we can't get it. It's safe. It's running for the mouse hole that it has already found. And beside it, there's a bit of cheese. And it thinks, now's a good time for me to stop and have a snack. And then snap, its neck is done. But yeah, so we had a lot of issues with mice. Um, But, you know, the mousetrap took care of it. And if you ever want to talk about a mousetrap, here's some random English for you. The mouse ran into the trap. The mouse got stuck in the trap. The mouse got caught in the trap. We should set a few mouse traps, set a few traps, let's set up the traps, reset the mouse traps, move the traps, put the bait in the mouse trap. The bait would be cheese, peanut butter, or something attractive for a mouse. In the morning, you check the mouse traps. After you check the traps, you either clean them or reset them. The trap worked. I heard it go off. The mouse trap went. I heard the mouse trap go. Did you hear the mouse trap? I think I heard it. I heard the mouse trap going. We might have caught a mouse. So different collocations for traps. You know, you should go back and listen to that part again because you know we are always going to need to know about mouse traps. The most important English there is, of course. So that was 
Oyama with my parents. I mean, of course, we did a lot of other things. We went kayaking, canoeing, went out in a boat. Um, my dad did a lot of bird watching, just a lot of reading and having a good time. You know, it's such a beautiful place to relax. And that was the aim of my parents' visit was didn't want to overplan it. Didn't want to do way too much, but just do fun, relaxing, enjoyable things with a little bit of hiking every now and again. And I mean, after this trip, they went or we all went to Revelstoke, my other stomping ground, I guess, a town I would love to live in in British Columbia. I've definitely spoken about that town a lot on this podcast before. And we had a great time up there, went to some hot springs and did everything. So, yeah, good times were had for sure. So to revise some of the key English from this random podcast, uh, to break out all the stops was a huge idiom. You know, and if you break out all the stops, you really try to make something perfect. So you might break out all the stops with dinner. And that means, you know, you set the table, you put a nice table mattress, a uh, table mat down first, you set the table, you get the nice glasses, the nice cutlery, you have a napkin there, maybe a candle, some flowers in the middle of the table. You know, you, you really break out all the stops for a dinner at home, if that's what you want to do. Or you can just microwave food and eat it on the couch, whatever. Make or break. I spoke it was a make or break moment for the skunk and that's why it's sprayed. And that's like a moment that can either go really well or go really bad for you. A make or break moment. Thud. I mentioned how I woke up to a thud. And a thud is just a loud noise. Like if you have a bunch of stuff in your hand and you drop it on the floor, it'll make a thud. It'll make a noise, a bang. A thud is another one. Thud. T-H-U-D. Peace of mind. Laughing stock. I mentioned how Larry the Skunk will be the laughing stock of all his friends. And that just means he'll be the most embarrassed and people will laugh at him, laugh with him. Depends how he takes it. But he did spray himself, so he'll probably be the laughing stock of skunks for quite a while. That's a hard sentence to say. But yes, overall, thank you for listening. If you have listened to it all, thank you very much. You know, it is just one of those random podcasts no clear goals just a good story to tell i hope it's a good story and random english thrown in but i have started making more direct podcasts straight to the point ones and uh, you know there was one about elevators one about taking a person's chair so make sure to listen for those they're a lot quicker to make so i think i will be putting some time into creating more of those if you have a request go to my website littlesaleenglish.com and at the very top there's a button for requests and if you request it i can make a podcast and teach you it so let's do it let's work together folks and uh, as always i hope you are happy i hope you are healthy and i hope the weather is good where you are the fruit is delicious the water is clean and you get a good night's sleep if that's what you need bye for now folks